Hey everybody, this is Brian here. Just want to take a quick minute before this episode begins to give you a heads up about some audio issues we've had with our guest Luke this week. The trouble was on our end, it was no fault of his own, but I just wanted to make you guys aware in case the audio gets a little wonky from time to time. We hope you enjoy the show, and we appreciate Luke being a guest this week. Take care. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Marine Corps Movie Minute, where we are discussing the movies of the Marine Corps one minute at a time. And this Friday, it's Minute 84 of Heartbreak Ridge. Before we discuss the minute, well, as always, I'm uh, Billy. I'm Jack. And I'm Luke. All right, welcome back, Luke. Thanks for joining us yet, uh, yet again, uh, rounding out the week. I know I'm, I'm, I'm way too late in here, in, in just the realization of the names that you're using for this. What, what's the, I don't know, I don't know how to phrase my question. But Go ahead, shoot. You're in a safe space. Ask your but question. Do you mean, I, 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 we've done three episodes, and I only just tweaked the Billy and Jack as opposed to the Brian. Okay, so, because we haven't really been using our last names, you know, Perry is, Perry's is actually Perry's last name. He's Jack Perry. Oh, okay. So, but because of the military, everybody just always has called him Perry, you know. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Brian, but when I was in the service, I, I, I you know, I was kind of hinting at, like, I was like the young guy, nobody knew I was coming, all that good stuff. So when you're in, when you're in the military, the first of uh, the U.S. you know military, the first year you're in, if you sign up for the GI Bill, they take money out of your paycheck. You, you know, so you are paying for some of it yourself. In case you don't know, is the um, it's like the college fund that you can fund your college for for when you get out. That's a benefit of joining the military is they have college money available for you for when you get out. Even can use it while you're in. Even sometimes. So we used to get our, it's called our leave and earning statement, which is basically your paycheck. And they used to come into the office and all the guys who had been in for a while, all about to get out and saw that I'm still paying on the Montgomery GI bill. And they thought that was the funniest thing because I was, I was basically a boot is what they call them. And so they started calling me Billy Montgomery. <laughs> As these guys would leave, new people would show up and they would call me and they would see, hear the name Billy Montgomery. And people just assumed, because it's B. Lockhart, that my name was Billy Lockhart. (laughs) So everybody started calling me Billy, and it just stuck. And some people I've literally had to argue with that I'm like, my name is Brian. And they're like, no, it's Billy. And I'm like, no, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfucker, I know what my name is. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, where where does it get? And I would have to explain this. It just stuck. And I've, I mean, it's so funny is because like people who see me on Facebook and know me as like Brian in their mind, they still see it as Billy. Like Perry will call me. He, the only reason he calls me Brian is because if I maybe say this on the, you know, but he, it's Billy. Like we're, we're, nobody calls me, uh, you know, anything else, but Billy, especially my Marine friends. And a lot of people have picked up on that. And it's just, I, I mean, I don't think twice about it. It's just my name. <laughs> you know, It must be a sign that I'm tired that we got to the third episode before I was like, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> If you listen to the first couple episodes, Perry will be like Brian, but you could tell he's not comfortable calling me Brian because he never does. Mm-mm. I never call him Brian. It's like your, it's like your mom when, you, when your mom uses your whole name. Yeah, it, may, it, may, it must be quite like when I had my former film teacher on and I was just calling her Kate and that was wrong. She's, she's, she's Mrs. Smith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I got out of the service, I went back to the base a few times. Like I went to the Marine Corps ball with, with a, uh, my, my friend Sherry, 
and I was running into like old sergeant majors that I respected and old officers. And even though I didn't have to call them by their rank or call them sir, I couldn't help it. I had to call <laughs> them sir. I had to call them, you know, so I could have called them Steve, you know, like, but I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Yeah. But it's just funny. So, I, you know, I, so I said to Perry early on, I'm like, dude, you call me what you want to call me on the podcast. And we never have to explain it. <laughs> yeah, and we never do until you know. I was ta- I was wondering if it was going to take somebody some time to to uh, to ask. You know. <laughs> so is, is, is this question not come up before? Or not really. Yeah, because because huh. I mean, sometimes I'll use my full name. Sometimes I'll use my nickname as far as the intro, and then we just kind of go from there. You know, and it's just yeah, really nobody's really kind of thought twice about it you know and i'm pretty yeah. sure we had a we had a big chat about the spelling of brian on two minutes about time as well. that's right yeah, yes we did yeah we sure did. About that. <laughs> i've kind of explained on the podcast in the past that my name you know i i think i have mentioned my nickname is billy but i never really got into why i mentioned our good friend big jim friend of the show guy we were uh uh in the service with he used to call me william yeah <laughs> I was a corporal at the time. He would call me Corporal Montgomery to our bosses, and they would have no idea who he was talking about. <laughs> but he would do it with a straight face and just keep doing it. So, yeah. I, I, I thought it was the funniest thing. So it's like, hey, I mean, I own the name. You know, it's yeah. fine. Yeah, at least, you, at least your nickname wasn't Poops. Yeah, right. Exactly. I had it like a, like a reasonable nickname. You know? <laughs> so some people got stuck with a really bad one. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a pleasure to be on for the origin story episode. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a historic moment on the Marine Corps Movie Minute, you know? And, <laughs> glad you could be present for it. So let's get into the minute. Um, I, I never, you know, this. Oh, yeah, um, that's what this show's about. Yeah, right? Why not? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> well, basically, the minute begins with, you know, some words of encouragement and it ends with a dose of reality. Hmm. So we, we didn't finish talking about the full line from last minute because it was really cut off. The line that begins uh, on this minute, is, it's more of Gunny explaining to Stitch Jones. Oh, geez, not Stitch Jones. I, I do this all the time. It's Gunny <laughs> explaining to uh, Swede why he's scared of heights as well or why he doesn't like, like heights. And he says, jumping out of a perfectly good aircraft is not a natural act. So let's do it right and enjoy the view. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And out they go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and as Perry mentioned offline, stand up, buckle up, shuffle to the door. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In this minute, I'm going to go ahead and maybe I'll do it here. I'm not sure. We talked to Peacock Sweet himself about this particular scene, his acting choices of acting scared, how they filmed the scene and everything. So I'll go ahead and insert that audio. Perhaps I'll do it here. We'll hear what Pete has to say. There is a scene of you. It's just you and Clint Eastwood in the helicopter when you're about to jump out of the, the helicopter in order to begin the whatever exercise this is, you know, to, mm. that, gets, that gets us to the pit. We find out that Swede has a weakness. This is his kryptonite. He's scared of heights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now it goes over two minutes, uh, 83, 84, uh, but it's just a funny little quick scene. Well, we learn a little bit about your character, but also uh, Clint Eastwood's character too. He's also scared of heights. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, he seems invincible. There's a, a funny bit that you say when you, he's like, you are like just the way <laughs> the shock that you convey when Clint Eastwood admits that, yeah, he, he's not, he's not happy about jumping out of this plane either. Or <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a quick scene. 
but it's a funny little bit of levity, I guess. And, and again, it's a little uh, character because the look on your face, again, when, when I, you know, I mentioned this, like you were shocked at Tom Highway being scared, but also when he's like, come on, let's, let's get, you know, and so let's enjoy the view basically. And, <laughs> and, and you gingerly walk, you still are conveying that fear as you're like shuffling to the door. <laughs> and it's, it's a good little bit. Do you uh, do you have any memories of of filming that particular scene? Obviously, you didn't jump out of the plane, but uh, right the helicopter, but right, right. So right, the cutaway was the guys jumping out and landing in water. That was that was done by the second unit group and the, using the real uh, recon guys, you know, and that was was cool scene. And uh, you know, so how we shot the scene very pragmatically no sense flying around if you don't really need to so the the, hair, the helicopter's on the ground and there's crew members on both sides of the helicopter and they're shaking it to give us some semblance of vibration inside as if we're <laughs> really flying and of course a uh, quiet you know uh, except for guys shaking it a little bit so and all that helicopter sound and noise and everything because helicopters noisiest thing in the world right yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know all that. All that gets edited in later. So it's just yeah, you just have to picture for a second that it's it's quiet. There's guys shaking the hell out of the helicopter, and you're standing there with Clint, just trying to deliver a line. And hopefully, it's not only the line, but the body language and everything is feels authentic. You know, that's all. I don't know. That's all I think as an actor or that I really what I'm trying to to do is to speak truthfully. I, and I really don't like heights uh, myself. Uh, so it wasn't too hard for me to sort of conjure up like, this would suck. This doesn't feel cool to jump out of this. But um, yeah, yeah. So we're shooting it on the ground. It was quiet. And just had a bunch of guys shaking the shaking the um, helicopter. That was, and we did, uh, I think we did two takes and that was moving on. Yeah. Was that? Well, yeah, it's, it, it it came off well on screen, and yeah, it, it was, if you get if you get it right the first time or two, why why keep going? <laughs> yeah, why yeah. keep going for it? And maybe the fact that they were shaking it maybe explains why you were walking so gingerly. It may <laughs> might have been a little, uh, <laughs> so it was authentic. You know, it worked it worked good, and and they did a good job of either finding somebody that kind of like like when they cut obviously to the recon Marine jumping out. That's supposed to be you. Like I didn't go, Oh, that's, that's clearly a cut. That's clearly <laughs> look at that. doesn't even look like him. You know, <laughs> it, they did a good enough job. Like I used to watch Jag and they would cut to like real footage or this really bad CGI. And even though I love that show, I'd be like, <laughs> wow, where did they film this in their bathtub? Like it looks terrible. <laughs> it seemed natural that it was like Swede walked up and Swede jumped out and, and he never questioned it. And of course, Later in that minute, you see on the ground, you get a shot of you taking off your helmet, putting on the the jungle hat, uh, jungle cover, and then actually wrapping up the uh, parachute. I imagine that had to be kind of a pain. <laughs> yeah, no, that's interesting. I'd forgotten about that. But um, yeah, no, it was great to get, oh, I got a quick lesson on, you know, the, the, the proper way to gather up that parachute. Obviously, it's not something I've ever done and uh, got a quick lesson on that from, you know, one of the recon, you know, guys that were so, so helpful, I should say. Yeah. And then let's do it. Let's shoot the scene. How was that? 
Wow, wasn't that fascinating listening to Pete talk about that? <laughs> it was both informative and entertaining. So they hit the ground, and we just get, I think Pete talked about this, you know, just some Marines getting their gear off, getting the, getting the parachute wrapped up. They take, you know, they take their helmets off and put the jungle covers on. Then they, they load up, and Gunny says, let's move out. This minute doesn't really have a lot, honestly. It's because we've, we've focused on the parachuting. We've heard from Pete Koch. And it's really just a, a montage kind of, of recon packing up and getting ready to go. Yeah. We discussed previously or at some point we, in the future, because I don't know, you know, <laughs> time travel. You know, would you rather wear a helmet or a jungle cover? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, these guys start out with the helmets, I think, because of the parachute. So, right. so actually, Perry, we're going to discuss this, I think, upcoming. Notice yeah, how these guys take their gear. They leave their, you know, their helmets are probably in their packs, but they take their gear. Actually, I got a couple comments. They take their gear, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they're wearing the, the jungle covers. But, but yeah, first platoon is, it keeps the helmet and they, they drop the packs. But they must have jumped out of a plane too because there was stick one, stick two, right? So that's got to mean they're they're stick one and these are stick two or vice versa. Did they just leave their all their gear at the landing site? Yeah, I don't know. So when they're when they're when they because um, they had to have jumped with their pack. Yeah, so yeah, so they so yeah, so they come out when you you can see in the movie there's a like a van parked close to their LZ where they land. Hmm. So I'm wondering if maybe they just threw all their gear in there and then they just had the. Uh, the gear trucked back. Yeah, it's possible. And then that way they just finish their exercise with whatever gear they're supposed to have. So in that case, uh, you know, their Alice pack and rifles and all that stuff. Yeah, perhaps. One thing I noticed, you notice a lot of these parachutes look like they're falling apart. That's because they have Marine Corps issue. All their shit's falling apart. <laughs> exactly. They've probably been used <laughs> 400 times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I was wondering, I'm like, I'm like is this intentional? Because obviously, I'm, I've never, I don't have my jump wings. I've never done this. I, sh- I should actually ask some of my buddies that I know who have, you know, were like at Bragg and did all that. But so a lot of these look like they're, they're dingy as all get out. I would not feel safe jumping with these like <laughs> holy parachutes. But I, but I did look it up. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Yeah, it says parachutes catch a lot of air, creating a lot of drag. They can drastically slow fall, allowing a softer landing. Some parachutes have a hole in the center to re- release air in a controlled way. It makes the chute more stable with only minimal change in drag. So these aren't in the middle, but I'm guessing that was intentional. It's to allow some of the air to escape is my guess. Yeah. Well, chances are, too, in a combat zone, you're getting shot at. You don't want to take a nice, long, leisurely fall to the ground. You want to get on the ground as soon as possible. Well, you're right. Well, even if you're not even getting shot at, just so you're not like... Noticeable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, you notice after they p- pick up their gear, and this is something I just caught while we were talking, Gunny Highway has a full sea bag, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, come on, let's move out. And then it's gone. Literally, yeah. the next second, he's just got a regular pack like everybody else. Yeah. Where the hell did it go? I think he dumped it in that van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love everybody else's stuff because they, they've got considerably less equipment on them now than they did when they took off. Yeah, that, that is for sure. That is for sure. So I'm, <laughs> I just caught that, you know, Lieutenant ring has no depth perception or, uh, <laughs> or not depth perception. No. Uh, what is that? When he can't see to the side, a uh, peripheral. peripheral. Yeah. He has no, yeah. What is that thing? He has no, prov- <laughs> 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 just eat crayons over here. 
He has no peripheral vision. And he's like, oh, we're the first platoon to make it to the bear pit. <laughs> meanwhile. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, exactly. <laughs> Not so fast, sir. Yeah. And, and you know, but uh, clearly there's like 100 guys on a high ground up there. You know, <laughs> It's a hell of an exercise because one of the things that, one, so you patrol stuff, right? And it's like, okay, when on patrol, don't stand on the top of the hill because that's what the military crest and nothing looks like a human being like a human being. So you don't do that. So you don't get spotted. But then first platoon, it obviously just kind of just they're just going on a hike because recon's just bebopping up down in the in the little valley. And apparently they don't see them either. <laughs> well, you know, that's funny because, I, you know, at first I just, you know, kind of assume it's just a movie shot. It's like, oh, look, they got there at the same time. Uh, but now that you mentioned that about like the fact that they're just on the ridge and anybody could spot them, you know, for miles away, that really seems like that could have been an in movie thing as far as like. Major Powers is leading these guys. He's been shown to be inept over and over again. He knows where the, you know, the, uh, you know, that type of thing. Gunny, of course, is going to take, you know, whatever. Uh, He's the best, you know, small arms, you know, (laughs) Bush, you know, whatever that that Chuzu said in the past. So he would know the proper way to move a unit without getting spotted, you know, like, so, I mean, maybe that was a conscious choice. I mean, I still think it might have been more of a, like, hey, this is a nice shot. They're there. They're there. We're going to get there at the same yeah, time. Yeah, it sets it up. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. it does set up, a, you know, a future future minute where who's going to win? It's yeah. a race. It's a race to the finish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's Friday, so we get a cliffhanger. We don't know who gets to the bear pit first. Well, we do. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know because we've already recorded it. And yeah. we've seen the movie a hundred times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Luke, did you have, you know, anything about this minute? I think we kind of mentioned you had some thoughts maybe about this uh, particular yeah, minute. Yeah, you or? see a lot more, just the just the actual parachuting. And, I mean, in cinema, I've seen a lot of different parachuting scenes, obviously, but this has got to be one of the most terrifying ones, probably up there with Kingsman, which we talked about the other episode, I think. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's definitely reminiscent of the scene in Kingsman. Well, what more the scene in Kingsman is reminiscent of this, I guess. But it's... um. Yeah, it gave me sort of very similar vibes, and it's it it, it sort of gives you that that slight feeling of queasiness watching it, thinking, "Wow." <laughs> so when you made the comment before about them obviously being actual Marine Corps people, it makes a lot more sense because yeah, yeah this is real. Yeah, this is real. Because it, it, I feel like at this at the time this film came out, you wouldn't be able to green screen this. No, that well. no, no. Well, no it would be, uh, that's the thing because we we've talked about like like how they, I think they did a fairly good, decent job of inserting real Marines in place of the actors without it being so obvious that, Hey, we've done a hard cut and here's somebody with a completely different build and different hair color, you know, <laughs> parachuting in. It, it wasn't like, it wasn't like stock footage that they used. This was, they sent the Marines out to, to parachute, you know, and I thought they did a good job. And it's funny, it, it, we really haven't talked about it, but especially when they land, you really get that kind of like military soundtrack music kind of going there. Like yeah. it's a little more like what you would consider see or hear, I should say, in more in a in a traditional uh, war movie or or military movie. Mm. It's it's because now they're doing real military stuff. The soundtrack is beautiful here. It's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's, just, it's it fits yeah. well. Yeah, for for a film which. As you said, there's a lot of comic elements. I think it's quite rare that a, a comedy film has such a great score to that, because often that comes second or third 
I guess about times a comedy that has a good score, but it's a very different. It's not. It's not the big orchestral dramatic thing which you get here. Which it it, it took me by surprise. Really, I was like, wow, this is. I, I, it, it's rare that I notice the soundtrack in something. Normally, I think if you don't notice the soundtrack, it's good. But well, it only hit me the second or third time I'd watched the minute that I was like, this is this is a, a great soundtrack. So yeah, I mean, who who composed it? That's film. Well, you know what? I should know, and um, I do not have that in front of me. I will research it now. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go right to the old IMDb. But, you know, Clint Eastwood has composed many of his later films. He is a composer. He He's a jazz musician. He he actually composed, there's a few scenes right before... Uh, Lenny, Lenny Niehaus or something? I don't know how to pronounce his surname. <laughs> I think we've talked about him in the past, actually, haven't we, Perry? Because... Um, because uh, Stitch Jones plays a musician in this, and he's actually helped write some of the songs. I mean, obviously yeah. not composing, but the songs that actually appear in the movie, he helped write with, um, the, with, the, with the music guy for the movie. So what's interesting, um, there's a scene right before we're, we're the first minute we recorded with you where Clint Eastwood is talking to his ex-wife. And in the background, you can hear a woman singing. It's like a, like kind of a, like a bluesy jazz, you know, solo. I don't know I, what to compare it to, but Clint Eastwood composed the songs that this woman sung. It was a, she was like his protege or something at the time. She had three songs in the movie. They're all in the background. That there's only one time you can really hear it. He wrote these this music, <laughs> and and he's he's just had a big part in. You know, in in framing music in his in his movies, so I I don't think he had necessarily a hand in this music, but it, definitely music it plays a big part. And I would not be surprised if in the editing process, you know, he he had some sort of hand in how the the music shaped up into this movie. He he's quite the a Renaissance man, if you will. <laughs> I don't have much else for this. This one's a quick minute because of it. It's a lot of the this demonstrating parachute abilities. Yeah, they went into a lot more detail yeah. in parachuting than I've seen in most films as well. Yeah, I mean they take a good minute to show them, you know, jumping out and landing, and and then it cuts to the actors actually pulling up the chutes and all that. But um, and, and you know these aren't marines; these are these are the actual actors. You know, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Well, real quick, Perry, do you got anything you want to talk about this minute? I do not. Luke, anything you want to cover in this minute about any of the last three minutes or this minute in particular? Um, I don't think so. I, I, I continue saying I just really want to see this film now. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, I found it. It's going to cost me about two pounds with postage. So that's what about one dollar sixty. So I think I can, I can just about manage that. And I'll uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I'll, I'll through. I'm happy to see that you, you know, it, these three minutes have intrigued you enough to want to seek the movie out to uh, uh see the whole thing by by saying you want to seek out the movie enough that i was kind of curious if it intrigued you enough which you've already stated so really at this point go ahead and plug away <laughs> okay i'll see how short and sweet i can make this so it's weird <laughs> i've done this so many times and i can't think I'll, I'll i'll start at the beginning the 16th minute my first film that's on youtube then commander dominator that's on youtube too they're not great there, you can check them out. Unstable, I've talked about before. That's on YouTube as well. Just just search for them. Unstable, I think, still comes up reasonably high when you search for it, but obviously it's a one-word title, so maybe Unstable Luke Allen. Do I do? I used to do a podcast called Please Be Seated, wherein myself and a special guest would review a film of their choice. We only did about um, between six and eight episodes a year for 
two to three years. I think it's three years now. So that is just there. You can easily listen to them in a couple of weeks, probably, to get your way through. Some great people on, from comedian Andy Kind to archaeologist David Roll, came on to talk about Exodus, Gods and Kings and all the inaccuracies historically with that film. The National Lampoon writer came on to talk about A Futile and Stupid Gesture, the Netflix film, to talk about what, how realistically he thought that was portrayed. Spoilers, it wasn't that realistically. Um, <laughs> even down to uh, the Christian movie, Heaven is For Real, we had uh, Todd and Colton Burpo on, um, on whom the film is based on, and they came and talked about their experiences, and I feel like, I mean, I am, I am Christian, but I feel like it's possibly an interesting listen anyway, even if you're not. Um, Colton was a guy who, was a little boy who at the age of um, three was in a, ended up having a major sort of surgery that he performed. He died partway through surgery, and when he came back, he was telling his parents all about heaven and all these other things that he could possibly know, and he and his dad both did two separate episodes talking about had his dad on first and then his dad was like do you want to talk to Colton and I was like yeah sure so we did an extra episode with him they're, they're both on there other than that two minutes about time three days a week we talk me and Robert E.G. Black talk about the Richard Curtis rom-com about time two minutes at a time and uh, I think that's probably it I'm on Twitter at Lama underscore bottle zero Instagram the Ginger Luke Facebook at Luke Allen Film and all podcasts, radio appearances, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm involved in is at Luke Allen for Credit UK. I'm also on IMDb, forgot to say that. Just Luke Allen. Uh, I think that's everything. Sorry if that was ever long. I don't know how long you wanted. <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good. It's what we're here for. You know, let, everybody go check out Luke's stuff. He's very talented and I had a good time guesting on his show. You guested on the show on the on the twenty first, twenty third, and twenty fifth of September. Okay, great. Excellent. Quite a while. The listeners have time to hype themselves up for. Yeah, well, that you know, there they go. Episodes. They got time to they got time to re- listen to all the episodes prior to my appearance. <laughs> no, they got they got no excuse. They, right, exactly. There's plenty <laughs> of time. on there. And yeah. I believe your week we have a bonus episode with Ron Sexsmith as well. So it's a it's a jam jam packed week. Luke, I really can't thank you enough for coming on. We really appreciate you coming in and getting uh, Great fun. another person's perspective who's not really familiar with the movie. And uh, I, I'm I'm glad to, as I stated, to hear that you're you know you're interested enough to you know want to seek it out. But again, yeah, thank you for for joining us. It's always a pleasure, Perry. Of course, thank you for joining as always. Yeah, Friday, uh, you know, Fridays I like to ask everybody to go to moviesbyminutes.com, check out all the other movies by minutes. Mm. Go ahead and check out About Time. Yeah, there's a lot of great shows up there. So many, <laughs> yes. yeah. So, yeah, so everybody check those out. Check out, you know, like, go check out Two Minutes About Time. Same thing. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Marine Corps Movie Minute. Most people, you know, at this point, I've said it enough times. I link it in every description. So <laughs> if you're listening to this, you'll know where to find us. Yep. Can't wait to come back. Do, well, Minute 85 that we've already done. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so that, that that's going to be great. <laughs> you know, guys, though, uh, before we go, I just wanted to say podcasting is not a natural act. So let's do it right and enjoy the sounds. Okay, that was actually pretty good. I was excited to see where you're going with that. <laughs>